0: Good morning. Happy uh, first of December. Christmas is right around the corner, kind of thing. Man, can you believe it? Are y'all out there? Just checking. Just checking. I would say that we, uh, I would say that we usually have some pretty high expectations for December, wouldn't you? Um. We have these pictures in our heads, of course, first of all, and first and foremost, somebody's not going to like that I say this, but it's probably the truth, is that we have these pictures in our head of of excited children anticipating Christmas Day. Can you say that in church on Sunday morning, it'd be okay? Y'all scared me. Yeah, I think you can. You can at Springwell. There might be some other churches that would freak out about that, but I also think that we have other thoughts in our heads as well, right? Maybe special, you know, Christmas services, Christmas series, those kinds of things. And so maybe you have in your head that choirs will be singing. Somewhere, not here, but there'll be somewhere. Somewhere they'll be singing. And so you have that thought, you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That's the thought that we have in our head. It is supposed to be, as the song says, the most want. One- See y'all thought I was gonna sing that. See y'all crazy. I ain't singing. Yeah, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, the happiest season of all. But for a lot of folks this year, it won't be for many because something has kind of interrupted the joy of Christmas. There's been a lot of sickness this year. I know, kind of a Debbie Downer, right? Just hang on. We'll 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 build it up. We'll come up from here, okay? Uh, Absolutely, there's been a lot of sickness this year. In fact, quite honestly, I think I've seen more sickness this year, not just that it's COVID or COVID-related, but all kinds of sickness. In fact, I think I've seen more death this year than I've seen maybe in the past few years, and I don't know what that's about either, because that's not necessarily COVID-related. People have lost people, and so this year there's going to be that interruption of joy because there'll be a place missing at at the table. Somebody won't be there that you love. Divorce. Can you say that? Boy, this is awful, isn't it? In-laws. I thought they'd get a smile out of you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. In-laws can absolutely rob you of your joy. Other in-laws, not my in-laws. Mama, you're good. we we good. I'm just saying. We looked at the Christmas season to be the perfect time for peace and, and harmony and joy. But let me just say... The first Christmas, the first Christmas wasn't that way either. It really wasn't. It was just one interruption after the other, after the other, after the other. Today we're going to look at the Bethlehem innkeeper's interruption. And we saw that just a few minutes ago. Probably, I'm just guessing, that when you're watching that little, that little clip, that little video, I wonder what kind of thoughts were going through your head. I'll bet you or some of you were being a little bit judgmental. Hello? Right? You're thinking, are you kidding me? What do you mean you've got no room? Man's got a pregnant wife, for Pete's sake. I mean, how heartless can you possibly be? And so these really, these judgmental attitudes, I think, kind of creep into our thinking when we think about the Bethlehem innkeeper. For example, several years ago I read this story about a young Jewish lady. who uh, Her name was Miss Rosenberg. And uh, so she was stranded in front of this really high class, really nice resort in the middle of the night. And so she did what anybody would do. So she went in and she went up to the, to the desk clerk and she said, you know, I'd like a, I'd like a room for the night if, uh, if you don't mind. And he looked down at his book. He tried to focus on his book. And he, he without even looking up, he said, sorry, ma'am, there, there's no room in the inn. The hotel is full. Ms. Rosenberg said, well, I, I don't know why you'd say that because it says out front that you have vacancies without looking up again. He says without any hesitancy whatsoever, he says, ma'am, you know that we don't admit Jews. If you could, like, check on the other side of town, that'd be awesome. She said, well, i have you know I've converted your religion. He said, really? She said, yes, I have. He said, well, "Oh yeah, well, how was Jesus born? He said, well, it was, Jesus was born to a virgin named Mary in a little town called Bethlehem. He said, oh, nice, awesome. Tell me more. She said, well, he was, he was born in a manger. And the clerk said, oh, man, you are on this. Awesome. So tell me, tell me, why was he born in a manger? And without even thinking, she looked at him, and she said, because a jerk innkeeper like you wouldn't give a Jewish lady a room for the night. Man, that's an awesome story, isn't it? I don't know if it's true. Let's go with it if it's true. I probably put a little hair on it, but that's okay. It's a good story. And I think that's how a lot of us have been led to believe. I really do. That's how I've been led to believe. That the old innkeeper is nothing but really a jerk. But what if if he wasn't being a jerk? What if we've missed the story after all these years? So every year, you've probably heard me say sometimes the holidays can be different. I'm in the same place for over 25 years and there's only so many characters when it comes to Christmas. Hello, y'all out there. And y'all expect to hear them. You know, you want to hear about the innkeeper. You want to hear about the wise men. You want to hear about the shepherds. You want to hear about Mary, you know, Joseph. And and the Sunday before Christmas, you want to hear about what's a poor pra- pastor to do. And so sometimes I think what happens to us is that we get lulled into believing that it's going to be the same message year after year after year. And I think that maybe are we guilty of missing something because we don't actually read the text. What if he wasn't meant a jerk? What if it was really just a, an unfortunate interruption? And in reality, he just did the best he could with what he had. Well, let's jump into the story. What do you say? And see what we can find. Luke 2. Those famous words, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married, pledged to to be married to him and was, expect, was expecting a child. So now things are getting a little bit tense, a little bit tense. Any pregnant ladies, any, any ladies who've had babies recently? If you've ever had a baby, go ahead and get your hand up right now, ladies. Men, if you've been there beside your woman when she was pregnant, you're scared to raise your hand right now, aren't you? You don't even know. You say, I don't know where we're going with this. Okay, picture, if you've ever experienced that, then picture, if you will, Two thousand years ago, and a maybe a hundred mile trip on the back of a donkey with a pregnant wife—hormones going everywhere. Picture that, if you will. Let's read on. These next four words. This is where God messed me up. I wish you could have been with me a few weeks ago. Well, no kidding. I was studying this and I was whining wham, wah, wah. God said, you want some cheese to go with that wine? He says stuff like that. He he really does. He and I laugh a lot. He created me, so we laugh a lot. And, and so we were sitting there, and I was kind of whining. I was kind of thinking, you know, Lord, I mean, it's the same story. He said, really, is it? I said, yeah. I've been doing this for over 30 years. He said, really? Read the story. So these next four words, we'll get to them in a minute. I want to go ahead and set you up. I want you to go ahead and begin to think about, contemplate these four words, while they were there. Not a big deal, huh? While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths, and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So, you have to admit, like right out of the gate, you're looking at this thinking, Man, it ain't looking good for the innkeeper. I know you said in the beginning, like, what if, what if, what if, but really? Like, how in the world does this innkeeper turn away a pregnant woman? A pregnant woman that may have been, could have been, just do your study, maybe was as young as 12 years old. We're not even comfortable talking about that, are we? So some theologians will say 13, 14. Some of those that are really scared of what people might think say maybe, possibly, she was 16 years old. So can you imagine this innkeeper is standing at the door looking at a man. Maybe he's looking at this young teenage girl who's pregnant, and he's going to turn her away? How heartless can you possibly be? And this woman, this this child really, is about to give birth to the Son of God. The Messiah, the, the Savior of the world, how could you miss that? Like, there had to be angels like around her or something. Am I the only one thinking that? I mean, this is Mary about to give birth to the Son of God. I'm thinking like there's a big angel on the right and there's, there's another one on the left. I'm thinking there's like an angel up above her and somebody's singing. Ooh. I mean, there's something. Right? The Son of God is about to come into the world. They has got to be something. Some kind of drama, something going on. And she's pregnant. She must have had the glow. So we judge. And we put down the innkeeper. And all of us preachers, because we only have so much to talk about when it comes to Christmas every year. And so we preach on The innkeeper and we come to the end and we look at you and we say, Will you have room in your heart for Jesus this year? (laughs) That's a drop the mic moment right there, isn't it? It's awesome. it's, It's a fair question. It's a fair question. We're we're busy. It seems like we're busier than we've ever been. And I don't understand that because literally you can order everything from home. <laughs> I wonder who goes to a store anymore. I mean, if you can't. Amazon ain't got it. You don't need it. But is it possible? Is it possible that we've judged the innkeeper too quick? What if what if this was really just an unfortunate interruption to the perfect business day? Said the end was full. Said the end was full, so it sounds like it maybe this is an answer to prayer like maybe business had been down, maybe things weren't going good, and so maybe maybe this innkeeper had been praying. Maybe he'd been praying for days, maybe weeks, maybe even months. Maybe he'd been praying every single day, God, if you'll just bless, if you'll just bless my business. And God blessed his business, and maybe for this guy, this is just an interruption. You know, sometimes, it's just, is this the devil, is this God? You know, and you're trying to balance, and he says, you know, I've been praying that you would give me the perfect business day, and in the middle of the perfect business day, there's an interruption. Maybe it's just an interruption to his answer prayer. And it wasn't his fault that were too late. It's not his fault. He didn't tell them to come dragging in at the last minute. Like maybe if the video looks like making maybe at midnight. It's not his fault. And it's not like he had room and wouldn't give them room. It's not like he said, "Well, you know, your wife's pregnant, you're going to have a baby." It's going to be an extra charge for those sheets, or ugh, you're, going to, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Maybe there's another inn down the road that'll take pregnant women. No, not here. There was there was there was just no room. And what did the word "inn" mean back in the day, anyway? I did a little study on that little Greek word, Kataluma. and it it really means. Get this, it, it it could mean guest room, not rooms, guest room. It could mean hostel. We're not really familiar with that word in the U.S., but if you've traveled abroad, you understand more of, of what a hostel really is, that it's really like someone's house. I remember in Cambodia, we stayed in a hostel. And it was really just a room in this man's home that he opened up for guests and for Visitors, strangers, I suppose. It could mean just shelter. I I literally read where one guy said this word could be used as it could have been a lean-to on to this Jewish home. And just so you know, most of these Jewish homes, it was just one room. It would be just one room. And the guest room would really be a room that would be to the side, maybe a foot or two feet below that big room. And that room really was there, and there would be a, a feed trough that would, have been, that would have been carved, that would have been made into the floor. And, just so you know, there could have been animals that would have been put in there, maybe during the cold. Could have been a lean-to, could have been a guest room. Four people, or animals. Some scholars say, most scholars say, That actually, there probably wasn't like an inn that we're thinking about. No holiday inn in Bethlehem. You know why? It was too small of a town. Truth is, we really don't know. We just know that there was no room in whatever it was. We know that there was no room. And just so you know, there's no evidence here that the innkeeper had any idea who was about to be born. Joseph never says, yo, I need a room for me and my pregnant wife. And oh yeah, by the way, she's about to give birth to the Messiah. Like we've been praying for thousands of years. Our people have been praying for thousands of years. God's going to deliver. My wife is going to bring that child into the world. So how about that room? It says nothing. How was he to know that this was the Son of God? How was he to know? And why was the end full I hope this is messing with you because it messed with me. I'm just telling you. you should, I wish I'd had a picture of me in my office. I kind of argued with God a little bit. I said, What? He said, You should have read the story. I said, Okay. Why was it full? Because there was a census, and there were a lot of people in Bethlehem at that time that ordinarily would not have been there. And this was his hometown. This is his hometown. How come his family didn't provide a place for him? I bet some of you are thinking, because some of the people in the first service did. (laughs) Oh, I know why. Because they were in the engagement period. She was pregnant. About that. Maybe the family shunned him. Shunned her. Truth is, we don't know. All we know is that the the inn was full. And it wasn't just like they just rolled into town at the last minute. That's exactly what I was taught. A little video that we showed you a few minutes ago, that's exactly what's implied, right? This is what I've been taught my whole life. I've never really thought about it. I never studied it. I never looked at the the text. I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I bet you hadn't either. And so when you don't look at the text, you know what, you hear you know, year after year after year the same thing. You see the video, and the video is, there's Mary and Joseph. They got to town at the last minute. I mean, after all, he's traveling maybe 100 miles with a pregnant woman on the back of a donkey. Oh, my, go- oh my goodness, and we're all feeling for him. So he's, he's in town. It's probably midnight. I don't know why midnight. But it's always like he come in town at midnight. He asks for a room, and the innkeeper says, I'm sorry, there's just no room. That's not what the text says. Remember those four words? While they were there. Go home. Do a little study on your own. Scholars say, conservative scholars say, that it had to be that they had already been there for several days. Maybe a couple days. There was one guy that I read behind that said that probably two weeks but the text... The tent implies that they had already been there for a period of time. They did not just roll into town. So where were they those first few days? She's nine months pregnant. It's not like, you know, on day two, somebody went, You're pregnant. There you go, Sherlock. Here I am. And then why did she leave? So if she had a place, if they had a place, why were they now looking for a new place? So I think that we could reasonably expect something different if the innkeeper had known who or what he was dealing with, but he didn't. He didn't know. I'll tell you something else. As I began to ponder this story and as I sat with this story for a while, I thought, you know, the shepherds, the lowly shepherds, right? The lowest of society, the outcast of society, or at least that's what we've been taught. We'll mess with that again next week. That's going to mess with you a lot. I hope it does. Anyway, I mean they get they get angels, right? They get they get a choir of angels singing. They get an announcement from an angel. didn't get no angel. Mary got an angel. Zachariah got an angel. Joseph. Joseph got a visit in a dream. I mean, like, all of these people, they had a visit. There was an angelic announcement. The innkeeper didn't get anything. I think he would have found some room for Mary and Joseph if he had known. If nothing else, he would have got up his own room, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, by the way, this is the Son of God. (gasps) Gee, take my bed. He didn't know. This is just a a terrible, terrible, unfortunate interruption. And just so you know, because this is really important, there's no indication in the text at all or a study of culture that he was being hostile or even unsympathetic. That's what we think. That's the way it sounds. In fact, way back in the day, all the way back to the Old Testament, hospitality to visitors among the Jews, it was a big, big deal. I mean it was a really, really big deal. In fact, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 19, God told the Israelites to love the stranger. love the stranger. Love one another, love the stranger. And then in in Leviticus, I mean, you got to know what you're going to Leviticus for, hello? Like, you don't just read that for devotional time at night before you go to bed. Leviticus is probably not the book. Leviticus 19, verse 33, if a stranger dwells with you in your land, don't mistreat him. Show hospitality. See, this was a part of the culture. There's nothing in the text. there's, There's nothing by way of tense. There's nothing by way of words that are used. He was not being inhospitable. He wasn't. It was a part of their culture. He would have done everything he could and he did to provide what he had. And that's what he did. What if? Speculation. I got nothing to back me up on this. Just me and Holy Spirit rattling around in my head. What if that's the way Mary wanted it to be? I read that in first century Palestine, it would have been inconceivable for a woman to give birth without the care and the comfort of other women. The other women women in that small little town would have never let that happen. And and some said, well, you know, it's because maybe she was an outcast. She was pregnant it, it was during the betrothal period. People are quite—they're not quite sure exactly who the dad is. I mean, is it—is it? We don't know. So is—is is it because of that? It still would have been inconceivable. A, a woman would have never allowed another teenage girl to go through the birth of a child alone. And maybe—maybe maybe she wasn't alone. So maybe the writers, as they're under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, as they're penning these words, the writers just said, "You know, everybody in our culture will know." That that there was no way that these women in this community would let this happen and her to be by herself. What if she was by herself? Is it possible that that's the way she wanted it to be? Had there been comments? Family members? People in the little town? And she said, you know what, there's too much going on inside my head. I just want to be alone as I bring into the world still if she can quite conceive the king of kings the lord of lords the messiah the savior of the world so why was baby Jesus placed in a feed trough maybe in the main room because the guest room was full why? why? One thing I know for sure, I don't know everything from the text of how Mary felt. I don't know that. But what I do know is this, is that's exactly the way that God wanted it to be. How do I know that? How can I speak for God? Because God is God. Hello, God could have done anything He wanted to. God didn't have to, like, 2,000 years ago. He could have waited until today when we have modern hospitals. and could have said, no, 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 no. When I bring my son into the world, it's going to be in the most modern hospital Available, it's going to be with the best health care, but that's not how he chose to do it, and it was his choice because that meant that Jesus was born as a commoner. He lived as a common man, a laborer. He was a, he was a carpenter from Nazareth. It means that he he took on the form of a man who had to struggle to make ends meet. I, I, I know you say, "Oh, it was Jesus. He wasn't struggling to make new ends meet. He was Jesus. He was 100% God and 100% man. And the Bible says that he was tempted in every way that we're tempted. So we had to feel that pressure in this particular culture. Food was a big deal. Providing for your family was a big deal. He knew what it was like to be tempted to worry about where the next meal would come from. To be tempted to lie or to cheat or to do whatever he had to do to get ahead. He he was God. He was 100% God, but he was 100% man. To be tempted to succumb to the day-to-day temptations that you and I face as common, everyday, average people. Most of us here today, at least in the world's eyes, at least in the world's eyes, We're unimportant people. There there are no kings here, as far as I know. I've been pastor of this church since the inception, the conception. I'm sorry, I got that. Y'all (laughs) kind of, that's all right. It's all right. I'm weird. That stuff goes on in my head. No presidents have ever showed up. Probably heard about us. Man, don't go to Springwell. They'll take you out front. Those no celebrities here. Well, because of our love and admiration for the people that serve here, probably there are some heroes, some celebrities. Not just at Grace's stage, but work in children's ministry that those children look up to. And when they accept the Lord, they want them to baptize them. We're just, for the most part, we're just average, everyday, middle-class, hard-working people. And we just find it easier to relate to the physical person of Jesus because of his status as a common man who came to the world in an uncommon way. So there was nothing special about the announcements of the innkeeper. To him this was just a it's just an ordinary Jewish couple having an ordinary baby. He he didn't miss it because he was mean or because he was insensitive. This was just an interruption to a really, really busy business day. Maybe an answer to prayer. And his missing it can remind us that we too can miss the miraculous among the ordinary. But we should know better. We should know better. Most of us here, if not all of us here, we know how special that night was. We know that this was going to be the most important birth to ever occur. And here's what's interesting. Some of us have been in church, maybe 50% of us at least, according to our surveys, have been in church all of our lives. And what the Lord taught me over the last few weeks is, you know what, you've been in church your whole life. You've been pastoring for the last few years. How easy it is to miss it. Maybe, maybe you've heard sermons and messages on the innkeeper dozens of times your whole life. We never read the text. We never dug into the text. What does it say? Tradition. Sometimes speaks louder than truth. Is it possible for those of us that claim the name of Jesus, to be genuine followers of Jesus, to just go through another Christmas season and just check a box? Ah, It's Christmas. Got to go to church. It was awesome. I had a couple that was here, the first service. And and I love our people and how we can interact with each other. They laughed and said, ah, we hadn't been here in a while. It's Christmas. And I was able to hug them and we were able to love and talk. And they said, but you know what? We've got to do it. We don't mean to do it. It just life gets busy and we miss it. So going to church this Christmas season, maybe coming to the Christmas Eve service, will it just be a box to check? I did my duty. I went to church. But will you allow the truth of Scripture and the beauty of what happened, will you allow the beauty of it to just somehow just pass you by? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? Like, I'm not a regular church attender. I'm not like a follower of Jesus or anything, but I do attend a church on occasion, and, and I'm not like anti-God. I'm not really anti-God. And maybe the Holy Spirit has spoke to your heart this morning and said, you know what? But you, here's the thing. Is it possible that the Holy Spirit in like, like right up front at your front door, right up front with you, and you missed it? I have a lady that comes to mind, and I just love this lady. I love the conversations that I've just had with this lady, and and she says, I just want God to speak. If God will just speak to me, I need God to speak to me. And I've said to her more times than I can count. Maybe he has. I've been able to point and remind her of things. How about this? What about this? Ah, yeah. But maybe for you, it's like this morning, somehow something's just clicked and you went, oh my gosh, I've been in church occasionally for a lot of years, but I've never really stopped to take it in to understand the birth of Jesus. It's not just his birth, it's his death. Jesus came in the world for a purpose. And the purpose was to go to the cross and on the cross, To shed his blood. For what? To pay the penalty of our sin. We're guilty. I mean, like all of us are guilty. I mean, like every single person here. We're guilty. People driving in front of Springwell right now. They're guilty. We should go tell them. Probably not good, right? The whole world is guilty. Guilty. That's so what Jesus did. He said, "You know what? I, what? What my daddy wants is he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't need you. What you gonna do for God? Really? Come on. What you gonna do for God? God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. What you gonna do to impress Him? Can you make man? Hello. Can can you make a butterfly or a nightcrawler? What, what? What you gonna do to impress Him? He doesn't want you for what you can do for Him. He wants you because He wants to be in a relationship with you. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus, but somehow this morning the things have just clicked with you because it's just God and the Holy Spirit being so incredibly present, speaking to you and drawing you to Himself. And so every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you're here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus, and you'd like to be, then maybe you'd pray a prayer something like this. Maybe you would say, Heavenly Father, I don't want to miss you anymore. I don't want to miss you. I want to feel your presence. I want to be in your presence. I acknowledge that I need you in my life. I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you for forgiveness. And I'm just thanking you that you were willing to, To go to the cross and on the cross, give your life, shed your blood to pay the penalty for my sin. Wow, it's awesome. I know you're alive. I know you're alive. I feel your presence right here, right now. So to the best of my ability, I'm just confessing and asking that you be my Savior. and, And I'm just surrendering my life to you. Lord I thank you so much for the beauty that's in the Christmas story and Lord that humbly I come before these people this morning to just say wow I missed some stuff over the years I'm so sorry Lord that I got too familiar with the story I didn't challenge some things or I didn't slow down long enough to allow you to challenge me with some things it's a beautiful beautiful story Sometimes it leaves us with more questions than answers and sometimes Christian folks aren't comfortable with that. But it just proves to me that, well, you're God and we're not. I serve a God that is way too big and way too majestic for me to understand. And that makes me feel very comfortable. Lord, teach us. In the next few days, Lord, may you teach us, stir in our hearts. May this be the most amazing Christmas that we've ever seen. It's in your sweet name that we pray. Amen.